Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Spike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Mr. Belukas is back. First off, David, how are you? And I know you're I know you're not rested, so how is being home for at least what, like two days before you go to Ohio? It feels very good. I am so excited to sleep. I will be going straight into my bed right after this. Um, it's been a, a, a long couple of a few days, but very fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to be home. I was definitely getting a little bit homesick, so I get to spend these two yet about two more days here. Um, and I will spend every single minute and I will try my best to not leave this house for the two days. I mean, also the air quality here is very bad because yeah. of the uh, the fires from Canada is actually now where Chicago is. So it's like just fog outside. Um, and then I went outside and breathed it in. I'm like, that's not fog. So uh, it's best to just stay inside anyways. Have you noticed people like swarming in already for the NASCAR race coming up this weekend into Chicago or not really? I haven't because I, as soon as I came back, like I said, I haven't really left my house. I've just been (laughs) enjoying my home so much. I've missed it. Oh, my bed and food, like just my own matcha. Like, man, I just take all that for granted. It's, it's just so nice. I love it. So, yeah, I, I don't know yet, but I will tell you if traffic increases when I leave for mid-Ohio, because I will take a few expressways. Yeah. So, yeah, Sunday is NASCAR's first race on the Chicago street course. I think it's on NBC. And I think it yeah, is. it's definitely on NBC. It's definitely at, like I think it's two o'clock central. So watch mid Ohio, then you can flip over and see how crazy Chicago NASCAR will be. So what, you know, for those who don't know what Pikes Peak is, a, you know, now that you've kind of experienced it, what is it? And, and B, you know, what was uh, the couple days there like? It is one of the greatest hill climbs you can do. Uh, obviously it's a normal highway that's open to the public and everything, but, um, Early morning, you know, for for one week of the year, they open it up for everybody to come in, drivers, and to kind of run up a lap uh, up the up the mountain. Um, and at the top, I think it's around fourteen thousand feet was the top, and there's wow. one hundred and fifty six turns. Um, and I forgot how many miles it was. Hold on, let me let me search up Pikes Peak. Oh, it's. 13 and a half miles. So 13 and, a half, 13 and a half miles. And obviously every driver is trying to go like sub sub 10 minutes, um, somewhere around 10 minutes. And you just go as fast as you can up a hill uh, with nothing protecting you. I mean, it's like you, if you go off, you, you're off a cliff. I, I mean, it depends when you go off. If you go off early, it's all foresty. So you're, you're good. You might just hit a tree. Um, but if you're at the top and then you go off, yeah, it's, it might, it's probably going to be a pretty big one. Uh, but it's incredible. My experience, I loved it. I was going up the hill, of course, like 90%, um, but the Acura actually gave me an NSX, so ended up boosting that to 95% because that, that car is just a lot of fun. <laughs> so yep, I was yep. having a blast. I was going, and I started making it to the top, and I obviously I'm so focused, but there was a bit of a long straight at the top, and I, and I kind of looked to my left, and the view was amazing like so beautiful i mean you could see everything but then i looked down and saw that there's also i can't see the bottom if i go off and i am only a few <laughs> inches away from it so i was like okay we're gonna now bring our focus back to what's in front of me 
So this might be a dumb question, but other than you know trying to go up to the top in under ten minutes, is there like you know, is this a display of like crazy equipment you can put together? Like what is the what is the purpose of Pike's Peak? So they have different classes, uh, and I'm sorry, everybody's going to try to be the quickest of their class. Um, and one of the classes is um, unlimited. I'm pretty sure is what it was called. So like, yeah. there's no like not much regulation or no regulation for that, other than probably safety. Um, and so they can go whatever they want, balls out to the wall, like try their yeah. best. Um, and but they, they yeah, there's depending on what class, the more regulation it has. Um, and at the end of the day, everybody's trying to go the quickest. Um, the people that are unlimited are probably trying to break the record, which I think is like a high seven minute. Um, Holy and hell. this time when I went the fastest, I think it was eight minutes, 40 seconds. So, which is nuts. I mean, when that thing took off off the start line, I was like, wow, that thing is fast. Uh, but it's very cool. There's so many different things that I wasn't expecting, especially when you go start getting to the, the higher part, obviously you're, you've gone in altitude so quickly that when you get to the top um there's not as much air so like the engine starts to struggle a little bit more you're starting to lose a little bit of power um and then for me uh oxygen right like it's it you don't nearly get as much when you get to the top so i was all pumped up i was so excited i got out i was like yeah that was so much fun oh my god i feel nothing but adrenaline right now and i'm running around and about 20 seconds later i'm like about to get on the floor like i was like heaving i was like okay oh so i'm like Gosh, I'm, i need help out of so i quit i'm like trying to take off my helmet everything and they gave me this like oxygen can man that thing ended up being my best friend over there i don't know if it was placebo or not but i was hitting that and just getting oxygen as, as much as i can so that was my initial uh experience of pike's peak it was so much fun i loved it awesome. other than no sleep in early mornings uh, that's another thing with pike peaks is uh, it's a normal highway so during the day, they need to open it back up to the public. So we start driving at like four or five in the morning. So we have to be up at like three to, to get to the track and everything, especially on race day. The line to enter was like three or four miles backed up. And that was at like 4 a.m. It was crazy. Like the the fans is what make this race so special. I'm looking at the records right now. And yeah, this is crazy for Pikes Peak. I remember watching a video. I think it's from like late 80s somebody driving like a turbo Peugeot up the mountain I have to send you guys that if you haven't seen it but it's like on board and everything it's really cool I, I've that's an event that I feel like everyone should get out to it seems like but I like to look at that Acura that you were driving the TLX type s that they had a cool like paint job and that thing looked really good yeah they, they made it yellow I and I loved it because like like ever since I was a kid like Transformers Bumblebee yellow like that was my thing. Yeah. So I, I I really loved it. And it was so much fun. It handled it so well. And I, I have experience with the NSX from Long Beach when they had the anime livery on. Um, Lonnie was driving that livery for, for Pikes Peak. Um, and I got experience with NSX then. And I was like, this car is amazing. <laughs> Please, can I keep it? <laughs> Thanks to them. So they're like, no, what are you doing? Leave. Uh, so, But then they let me drive it again. And this time up a mountain. Uh, on highway roads so it was again it was so much fun and the fans too everybody was cheering and it was it was i loved it for sure one of the most uh the best experiences i've had it's so different to just normal racing a lot more uh adrenaline a lot more of an adrenaline rush to start i'd say just because you're like 
you're trying to push, but at the same time, there's not, there's like, it's just nothing. You're just going to fall off a cliff. So it, it really builds up the suspense, you know, and, and trying to guess, you get to go through a blind corner and you're like, mm, is this just like a, a little, it's just a little left or is this a 180? I don't know. So it, yeah, it's, it's a blast. The 10 minutes in the car feels about 35 seconds. I, so I, Brunchy, I'm, I'm going to steal your question because I forget where I was going with this, but you were okay. technically what the pace car driver for this. Okay. So in a, in a race that doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not three guys going up the hill at once. What is the, like, what is, what was your job this weekend as the pace car driver? So the, the pace car uh, for, over there is more kind of like a tradition that they, that they had from the start. So they're just, it's the car that kind of initiates the, the race checks for any last minute debris or, or anything going up the hill. And, you know, before all the drivers start going. Um, but obviously through the years, it's kind of just became um, something where they invite other drivers to kind of be like a guest uh, appearance at Pikes Peak. And this time they chose me. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. I was the first one to go up the hill. Obviously, I tried my best to look for any <laughs> debris or something, but I, I honestly was just uh, going full throttle <laughs> all the way up. So that that's kind of been the, the deal. What I And obviously, I came there and I was like, so what is the, you know, like, what is my job? But th that's kind of all it was. Nice. How many runs did you get? Like, do you just kind of do it? Do you practice at all before you do the whole pace car thing or? So they, the practice is very limited also to the drivers. Um, and actually the way they do it is in sections. So it's four, uh, three different sections that you go up and you only do that bit for the whole day. Um, but for me, when I came in, because I came in Friday, I, or Thursday, sorry, I was able to do testing Friday and they let me do each sector once. So I managed to do a whole the whole run once just split into three sections um actually i managed to do the top twice because they had a little bit of extra time um and then other than that actually they gave me the tlx to uh to practice in uh, okay. on friday That's so i thought I, you were driving and then i saw the nsx which was just as cool yes so cooler yeah, it, probably is yeah it was very cool obviously both are awesome um because the tlx was also retuned by hpd like they boosted that thing out like it was it was, it was pretty fun um and of course, at the end of the day, it's like normal cars. So uh, obviously, everybody else there has race cars. So it's roll cage, you know, whole deal. So all the fans at the top on Friday, they, they're waiting and watching. And I just saw all of them were freezing. And while I was waiting in the line, I just invited them into the car. And I was just like, oh, I got heaters <laughs> on. So I blast the heaters. I'm like smashing the radio or listening like Dua Lipa or something or like that Calm Down song with uh, Rima and Selena Gomez. So I'm just like dancing, waiting in line. Everybody's like, who is like, <laughs> who is this kid? Um, and I was just, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. So I love it, man. That's like man of the people type type <laughs> thing there. But all right. So on on the IndyCar front, we are are we are we officially halfway through the season? I think we're we're nine races in at this point. How would you describe your first, you know, kind of nine races? Are you happy, frustrated? You know, what's what's going through your mind as we have we've as we've hit the, the halfway point? Uh very frustrating. Um sad uh not what we wanted <laughs> sure yep that's in that realm uh, you know it, it started off very very strong um but since since then we kind of had every race we kind of went a little bit down and it seemed like i don't know if it's 
that we couldn't find a direction with the setup and kind of stayed in in the same realm when everybody else got better or if we somehow started to get worse but uh we yeah we were trying everything that we could to find something with the setup you know at, at first going into it we knew road courses yes we were going to struggle so going to barber we were not really in shock there i was kind of expecting that although we did test it the the week previous so we were expecting maybe a little bit better yeah and not as bad as it was uh, but the the shock obviously was the 500. You, you know, we unloaded with a car that wasn't really there. Uh, I mean, I think it would be Ray Hall and then us with with the, with the car that we had. And obviously, it was not what we wanted, but we made the best of what we had. And then the race had an incident that I won't really mention because race control thought it was just it's fine and sweet. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, and then other than that, you know, with. With the street course car, Detroit ended up being okay. We made a, a mistake in qualifying, put us in the back. Um, so thankfully, though, Road America finally we we managed to test. We found a lot of stuff, and we actually found a setup that now puts us in the the realm of you know being with the pack and actually having some pace to stay with everybody. Which it took a long time to come, but we finally got it. Unfortunately, we ended up getting DNF from from the engine. Um, but yeah, what was that issue? Uh, we had a engine, we had oil leak. Um, okay. So yeah, it was it was unfortunate. But at the end of the day, the good thing was is we actually have somewhat of a setup, and hopefully now going into Mid Ohio in the future races, we'll we'll stop getting DNFs because <laughs> those yeah we've had so many of these past couple of races. So uh, going into Ohio, yeah, hopefully the the setup still stays. I mean, Road America, different compound. Obviously, they repaved it. So there's a lot of new things going into it that probably could have helped our car. Uh, but I am a little bit more optimistic going into the rest of the season. I think we're finally going to start going into an upwards trajectory. Yeah, def- definitely at the 500, you uh, you know, we don't have to 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 rehash the the incident at, at question, but you definitely got hosed on that one. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Go ahead, Frenchie. I was going to ask. I don't know how much you could talk about this, or how much do you want detail you want to go into. But what were you kind of missing on the setup? What were you looking for that you guys like? kind of were able to find it it was trying to find an in-between so you know let's say going into a weekend we'd have so much understeer right like the car doesn't want to rotate you try to get on power then you have a massive loss of traction and so we'd start trying to figure that out but then we'd tip it over to where it's too much entry rotation so you're coming in the rears are all over the place and it's still it's still very tough um so we couldn't find an in-between of how to fix both of the issues at once because um, generally that is kind of what an IndyCar feels like. You, know, you come in a little bit loose and there's just a lot of understeer and then you try to get power out. Uh, that's just the general feeling of an IndyCar. But we just kept tipping it too much on one side and then the other and we couldn't mash it all together. Uh, but Road America, we finally had somewhat of a, of a connection to put it together and finally had it down. So it's still very much a work of progress. But like I said, we're now in the realm of being with the rest of the pack. So I have a, the, the, there was an Iowa test. I think it was last week where, you know, it was technically an Andretti private test, but with the way IndyCar works, essentially anybody can go if Andretti, you know, books it. So 20 out of the, what, 27, 28 guys went. I don't think you guys went, correct? Wait, sorry. What, what test? Iowa. Oh, no. Yeah. The uh, Stingray did go for the, the rookie day, but okay. we did not. Okay. So I guess that kind of changes my question a little bit, but 
with only one car out of the two cars going and you know there was 20 or i guess 19 out of the cars like does it is it a little concerning heading into almost kind of like a double points weekend at at iowa next month i i don't know because other than the 500 our oval car has been good uh, we yeah. just haven't had any ovals since then so you know maybe our just our short our short oval car is still going to be very much there um so that's some the reason why we didn't really test at iowa and secondly we struggled at road america last season so we really wanted to make sure that we got yep. that down and, yep. and got the compound down so that's why we took that test uh but thankfully we still have stingray stingray went we have his data um and we'll very much look over all of it before we head into iowa so i'm not too nervous um although i do know a lot of people tested there and we won't have the upper hand but I do think ovals are probably still our strong suit compared to road courses and street courses. A follow-up to that. Forgot Stingray tested. So the guys who did test, they tested with an Indy 500 tire and then a 2022 tire and then a 2023 tire. And everything I've read is like they hated how they had to cycle through different tires. From a driver's perspective, when you're testing how difficult is it when you're going through, okay, listen, it's cold in the morning. We're going to use the 500 tire. It's, you know, midday, we're going to use the 2022 tire. And now it's 2023 and we're using that tire at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it's very tough. We had the same issue at road, at the road America test. We tested with mid Ohio tires to start. And then we went to the road America tire and the setup, I mean, completely did an Uno reverse card and just switched up 180. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it wasn't even like close. I was like, what the hell? Uh, and also the deg was so different. The Road America tire really would kick in for one lap, like really could put one in. Yeah. And then it would just drop off a cliff so quickly compared to mid-Ohio, which was more not as intense to start, but would just stay and stay. I mean, you did, we did like 13 laps and still like the new fast time, like the mid-Ohio tires just stayed alive. Um but yeah, it's the same issue and it really is tough because you set your car up, you set everything up for that tire and, and you always in the back of your head know like, well, I don't I don't know how this is going to change. I really don't know if it's going to yeah. be this way or that way. And then you make all these changes and then you go to your actual tire set, car's completely different. You restart at baseline and now that whole day was kind of just doing laps and just practicing for yourself, but didn't really get much information on the car. Uh, and that that's the reason why it just gets it gets so tough. Uh, but obviously, I don't know if Firestone situation on tires and everything. Uh, but yes, it would be so nice to just have one specific tire compound that you're going to use and just to use it throughout the day. So then you know how the tire reacts in the morning when it's cooler, you have, you know, when it reacts in the afternoon. But now when you don't have that, now you're kind of like doing a guessing game. Well, comparing to this tire and this weather, we think it's going to do this. So this is the setup we'll start with come practice one when we show up. So on that note, when you, you could you, the, the running you do in the morning when you're using, whether it's an Indy 500 tire or last year's tire, can you get something from that for this year, whether it's fuel loads or aero components or whatever? Is there anything you can get from that that's not like shit we just wasted you know a two-hour run that maybe isn't representative at all of you know july 21st this year yeah there's still a lot that you can test like although with with the actual setup it, it might be different when you get that tire um there's still many things that you can do in in the realm of keeping it with that set so let's say you make a change and it added understeer 
normally if you go to the other set and use that same change, it will add understeer. So although it's not going to feel the same, you know, if it changed as understeer, oversteer, oh, you like the way it changed the entry, it maybe it, the way the tires are locking, under braking, all those changes can still be used on the other set. It's just going to react very differently. So it's not completely wasteful. Right, like there's, right. You can still learn things and kind of go forward. I guess more of a general question, would you like it more if you could do more testing or do you kind of like that it's limited so that you don't have to go run like there's a trade off, right? Of like it would take up so much time and it would kind of be that tedious, but I guess you would then have more information and do less maybe on the setup over the race weekend. Yeah, I personally would like more testing. Um the more testing we can, the better we're going to be able to be and, and find time. I mean, look, we had one test day at Road America and it like changed the game for us. I mean, we we managed to find something that we really needed. And and I feel like if we just had more days, that would be something that would help us, you know, continue and, and going forward and, and making all these changes and kind of getting all the basics down. Because even when you go to a race weekend, you still don't really have too much time. It's only two practice sessions. So, and if something goes wrong on one of them, I mean, now you're like in grave danger. You have like no time on all the things that you want to test. How many uh, days do you get in the HPD simulator again? Is it kind of dependent on like the team or they try to split it up evenly? I don't remember if I've heard. Uh, well, I don't know much about, you know, what other teams are getting. Um, but for, for us, we managed to like get the contract a bit later. So we didn't really get to even pick the days. It was kind of, pick very last minute but i'm pretty sure i'm getting five days five yeah i don't know if they're five full days or half days but i think it's somewhere in the realm of five but i need to double check ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews, and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform, or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Is that like five for the rest of the year from, you know, this point on, or is it, you know, at the start of the season, it was five. Just start of the season, but okay. we didn't, we didn't get a sim day until uh, like right before the 500. No, right after the 500. Somewhere around the, the realm of 500. So we didn't really have any sim days at the start. We can talk a little bit about mid Ohio at this point where they're, this weekend it looks like it's going to be a crazy weather weekend like friday is like 75 percent chance rain and it kind of decreases throughout the weekend but obviously you're not a you're not a rookie at mid-ohio you've been there a bunch only i guess once in an indy car but what is you know how are you feeling heading into mid-ohio and and you know what is driving an indy car around 
a pretty cool track like Ohio is awesome, like so much fun. It, it to me, it's the the one track in the calendar that kind of gives you that feeling of a, of like a good flow and rhythm. You know, if you start yeah. hitting your marks, you get this into this rhythm that I, I you only really experience in go karting, um, because mid Ohio, it, it it's yes, it's like a big track, but at the same time, it feels smaller, like kind of close quarters, like like a go-kart track would feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. that's why I think all the drivers love it. It's like a bit of that nostalgia to it. Um, and at the same time, the racing is still very much good. You know, you when you look at yeah. it from an outside perspective, you think, oh, very technical, but the racing might not be that great. The racing still is amazing. Um, and coming out of Road America being a road course, uh, I am a little bit more optimistic going to Mid-Ohio. I think our setup is going to be a little bit better. And, and going off of last season, we, we had a good car. So... I mean, although things change completely every race, that's just how IndyCar is. So hopefully we're still in the realm and we don't go backwards because um, that would really that would be really frustrating for the whole team morale wise sure. to kind of get this little hump and then just immediately go back down. But I don't see it that way. I think we'll you know maybe stay the same sort of America or maybe get a little bit better and start going the right direction. But I'm very optimistic and I'm excited to get this next weekend going. Should we go for predictions, you think, or not ready for that uh, yet? I'll ask a, a follow-up, and then we'll do predictions. So follow-up while we all pull up who who races an IndyCar again. When you have a race like Mid-Ohio, or, Mid or like Road America, that you, know, you had a good weekend, obviously the oily kind of ruined your race itself. Do you Are you able to get past the fact that, like, hey, we had a DNF because it you, know, you kind of found something setup-wise that you can hopefully take forward for the rest of the year. at road America. Obviously the oil league ruins your race, but you found something set up wise that you think you can take forward for the rest of the year. Is that almost like, does that help negate the fact that you had an oil leak? Yeah. You know, like, although the actual result at the end of the day was unfortunate and that's again, it just wasn't what we wanted at all. Um, we've managed to find a lot of time. So it's like, it was actually like, to finish dead last in a race, I was actually kind of, uh, I felt a little bit better uh, going back home um, compared to the previous races where obviously things just, we, we had an incident or we were just in the back because we just had no pace. So at least this time we actually have pace and we had a DNF, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, at least we actually went forward and we're getting better. And, you know, at some point we'll, we'll get a good result. Predictions, David, you can go first. Who's having a fantastic mid-Ohio weekend. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to win, just a good weekend. And you can say yourself for any of these predictions if you want. How many people do I predict? Three people, right? It's three. Uh, like, we'll just do one for... We'll do a couple different predictions. So we'll just do one person for this. Who's going to have a good weekend at mid-Ohio? I'm looking at last year's results. So it kind of seemed like Penske and Chip kind of owned the whole deal. Um, obviously Pelot has been super consistent this season. I mean, that guy's been on a mission and he normally is very good at, uh, mid Ohio, but I don't know. Penske's also been right there. You know, who I'm going to say is since he hasn't had a good race this week at road America, and he's also like an absolute G, um, and he gave me a Vegemite. It's going to be willpower. Nice. <laughs> All right. That, that'll be a question for later on, but, uh, go ahead, Frenchie. Yeah, I want to know what Vegemite tastes like. I've seen yeah. it, but I, yeah. Salty, uh, so salty. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. 
bitter salt. It looks like nothing, like because like it looks like a strawberry preserve or something. So you think yeah. it's really sweet, and then it touches your lips, and it's salty, very Interesting. salty. Interesting. Yeah, it's not what I expected. For some reason, I expected it to be like the inside of a fig Newton. It's just like <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Didn't Scott McLaughlin win this last year? I'm gonna say the other, the other Penske car, Scott McLaughlin. Ooh, good pick. Ooh, okay, that was my pick. All right, I will oh, take. Perfect. I will take. Let's let's. I don't I don't know. You you took my pick, and I was really sure that you weren't, and I'm now I'm struggling. So let's just say, Scott Dixon gets his first win of the year, which is hard to like fathom that he doesn't have a win this year. Yeah, I just and had a look. Been, didn't believe you. And he's been pretty good at mid Ohio. I think he's won a couple times there, at least since when when I've gone. But okay, he's like Mister Mid Ohio, I thought was the thing. What right? Is it his nickname? So. I yeah. don't know why I'm drawing the blank on it right now. Anyway, let's see here. Okay, we're not going to do a bad weekend. Let's see. Let's let's do. Will we have predict? You know, let's do just this. Predict the poll winner, and then predict the. Well, we'll just start that. Predict the poll winner. Who's winning? Who's getting poll on Saturday afternoon? Who's getting poll? Hmm. You know who we're not talking about is Pato because Pato's also been really on it in qualifying this season. Um. Uh. Poll, man. I'm gonna. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna probably go for like the most expected answer. I'm gonna say Polo. Frenchy. Um. I'm just gonna say Kyle Kirkwood. Gets a poll. I think he's okay. Gonna do well. We'll see though. Be really cool if you stop stealing my picks. So that was your I, pick again. Yeah. Wow. All right. I will take since David mentioned him. I'll take Pato. And last prediction: Will we have a first-time race winner at Mid Ohio? I mean, hopefully me, but <laughs> I mean, I'm. Uh... Oh, uh, we'll try. Maybe I. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a bit tough. If it's gonna be similar to how last year was, I don't think so because Chip and Penske seem pretty on it. But um, if it's a bit closer, then yeah, I think I could maybe maybe see something there. French. I'm gonna say no. I don't okay. think. I don't know. I for some reason, I'm thinking that's gonna come. At a more unpredictable race than Mid Ohio usually is. Fair. All right, I will say yes, just because I want to be different, and then we can take credit for when David gets his first win. That we that one of us said that yes, there would be a first time winner there. See, that's exactly where I was trying to figure out how to get to that. So, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. I don't think we have anything else Mid Ohio related, but. You've got Toronto coming up in a couple weeks. And I'm always curious about Toronto because it's such a tough street circuit to me. What's it like driving around the streets of Toronto, usually when it's like stupid hot in the middle of the summer there? How difficult is it? Uh, yeah, it is very tough track. It is probably one of the toughest that we have on the lineup. I'm just looking now. Yeah, I think so. It definitely takes top three for sure on toughest tracks. Uh, but okay, yeah. going off of I don't know. I feel like street courses is our best shot at, you know, getting up there and getting to the yeah. top. Um, 
And obviously Detroit, I do think we had actually some pace there, but we just, we made a massive mistake in qualifying and kind of, yeah, took us in the back. But for for Toronto, I don't know. I think our street course car is still somewhat there. And I think this is our opportunity of finding something in the practice sessions and then hopefully putting it up there. I mean, going off of last year, we ended up being close to our success that we had last year. That would be very nice. Okay. Due to technical difficulties that you may or may not hear in this episode, there are storms outside of my house. There is smoke causing internet issues in Chicago and <laughs> the fog. Isn't that a Stephen fog. King movie or something? The Mist. The Mist, which oh, is actually yeah. a pretty good movie, by the way. Anyway, okay. so one thing we always ask or occasionally ask is a music recommendation from you because there's always some good ones in there. So what what are we adding to the Spotify playlist this month? Uh, Okay, so I'm going to really switch things up this time. Okay. Um, and I am going to go for... Uh, I don't want to butcher this, but uh, Ella Baila Sola by uh, Peso Pluma. It's a Spanish song, and it's something that I've actually been listening to quite a bit, and it's very catchy, so I love it. Yeah, I will, I'll, I'll type it in the chat. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I butcher the name. Ella Baila Sola, Bella Sola. That means she dances by herself or she dances alone. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nice song. It's very good. I highly recommend, guys. That's how you okay. spell it. And it's by Esso Pluma. I mean, I think it's another band, but he's like the singer. All right. So, it is it's... now on the playlist. Once I find it, I found <laughs> the song. <laughs> it's going to go from like rock to that. <laughs> there's, so fun. there's still some weird. I, I, I just clicked away from it, but there's like everything from like rock to country to rap to like R&B on the, this playlist has gotten more and more diverse, especially since we started adding like, uh, I don't even remember the name of that song. Now the electronic one that we added last time or the time before when you were, when you were on yeah. this very hype. You just okay. share that out again. Yeah. I, I'll put it, I'll put it on the Instagram story for the, for the podcast this, this weekend. All right. Since we've had some internet issues, that's going to be the last question of the day. David, good luck this weekend. We'll be watching. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks, and that's not a goodbye. threat. We'll just be watching, like cheering you on, not, not <laughs> yeah. in a creepy way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I'm very tired. Yeah, very well, tired I can relate to, to rush. that. Yeah, I, I understand. We're all gonna get some rest now, and everybody enjoy all the racing this weekend. Goodbye. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.